Welcome to the check-in. Welcome to the check-in. Okay. So, since we're back, y'all already know what it is. Sometimes we cuss. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Just pretend like we're not. Pretend. You'll be fine. Just pretend. Okay. We're also not mental health professionals. So, if you need to talk to somebody, text HOME to 741741 or, or NAMI yes. to 741741. That's N-A-M-I. And the trained professional will text you back. Yeah. All right, let's get into this content. 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 Hey, hey. That is 430. Are we recording? Why don't you ever just go? Oh, because I don't know. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have... 4.30 hour and go. Hey. All right. All right. So. How are you doing, friend? How are you doing, Hi. friend? How are you doing? Yeah. I'm doing phenomenal it was a great weekend um and i have to go back to work three days in a row this week so (sighs) that's gross how are you oh i'm good i've had a very very interesting last few days um honestly all of us have and i'm glad we were able to bond that way um before we just started to start it before we just started the recording i mean we are a gang of horse that is what that is. Not yet. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say nothing because people might be listening, but I was very, you know, I was very surprised with the information that I have found out today and I don't know what I'm going to do with that information. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. You know, sometimes I just, I'm ready to just pass away, you know? In stride. Take it in stride. In stride? Yeah. That's a saying, right? Take the information you heard in stride. Right? I don't know how to stride it. You know how they have stride right? I stride wrong. And that's where I feel like I am right now. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I was really planning to. You were planning a lot. I was. And now I'm like, <laughs> I am not sure if I should partake in things with people's children. I say that Hot Girl Summer. Uh huh. Um, is in full effect. But that's for hot girls. I'm a hot old lady, and I don't know that that I qualify, honestly. I'm um, a hot elderly, hot elderly summer. You didn't get your AARP card in the mail yet. You're not that old. It's pending. And I think, (laughs) like, I'm really... Like, I don't know how R. Kelly did what R. Kelly did, because right now I'm in okay ages and I still feel very wrong. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like mm, I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. But R. Kelly was just like. It is very more than that. It is more than a number. Yeah. It's a. It's the ability to buy cigarettes or vote or rent a car. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Like, you're still hitting milestones when they reject your car rental. Yeah. Reservation. Yeah. So. Well, you still got some some miles to hit in life. Yeah. Before you can do that. So I mean, hey, uh-huh. you're not R. Kelly, and that is that's how you take things in stride. Just remember that you're not Robert Kelly. I you're am not trying. <laughs> okay. okay. Enough of that. Uh, speaking of, you know, R. Kelly, let's talk about uh, adverse childhood experiences. Okay. <laughs> Segway. So that one time in band camp. So that one time in band camp. Yeah. <laughs> what is 
earliest, your earliest, most traumatic childhood memory? Honestly, I, I won't say this was my fr- like most traumatic, but it was definitely something that I was like, holy smoke. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just preface this by saying, you know, I love my brother. I mean, my brother are like friends right now and we, we cool. But I remember one day it was early in the morning. We were both getting ready for school. Okay. And um, I guess I was getting on his nerves. I don't know what I was doing, but. Sorry, there is just multiple eyelashes falling into my eyeball. Oh, no. Me too today. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Twins. <laughs> Twinsies. Oh, right. so, yeah. And uh, I guess I was getting on his nerves. We were, like, literally brushing our teeth. It was, like, school day, early in the morning. And he, to- I think he told me to stop talking, and I wouldn't. Yeah. And he almost punched me in the face. Now, he punched the wall behind me and then left the bathroom. And I was like... Did he put a hole in the wall? No. Okay. I don't think he had enough child strength. Um, but that was my first, like, oh, my gosh. I can get hurt out in these streets. <laughs> and these streets is my house. <laughs> this is crazy. Just crazy. Um, so that was like my first moment where I was just like, wow. Were you saying anything in particular or did he just want no, you to I, stop talking? I think he just wanted me to stop talking, which is ironic because I had that very moment in high school many years later. And I put a child in the trash can for that. What? Yeah, I picked her up and put her in the trash can. She would not stop talking to me. So I really, like, it came full circle, and I started to understand things a lot more. So thanks, bro, for dealing with me. Because I didn't even have to live with that girl. You had to do me. Remember that story? That's crazy. You had two instances in high school where you almost hurt somebody. I wasn't trying to hurt her. I was just putting her in the trash can where she belonged because she would not stop talking to me. I said it, like, very many times. Very many Please stop talking to me. I'm trying to do my homework. Please stop talking to me. We have a game tonight. Can you stop talking to me? Hey, stop talking to me. For real. We'll say her name was Laura. Laura, leave me alone. Laura, seriously, shut the, shut up. And she wouldn't. So I picked her up. She was a very small person. And I put her in the trash can. But you know what she stopped doing? Talking to talking me. To me. So. Did you stop talking to your brother after you punched the wall? Oh, I left them the hell alone for a very long time. Because I was like, oh, my God, he's really mad. He's really mad. He almost hit me. And that wasn't, you know, because usually as the younger sibling, you'd be like, Mom, he tried to hit me. No, I just I ate that situation. And I was like, I've learned a valuable lesson today. I mean, that was very big of you. That, that, that's definitely a snitching moment right Leave there. Leave people the hell Bro, if, some, if, if my sibling punched the wall in which I was in front of, I would be like, oh, I got whiplash, mom. This was <laughs> this was a lesson in passive people have their limits and leave them alone. And you don't know what people are capable of, especially quiet people, because my brother was very quiet growing up. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I'm the talkative one. Talk, 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 talk. And then he was like, shut up. And I was like, oh. Have you guys revisited that moment? Like, have you been able to talk about it now that you're adult? I don't think I've ever talked to him about that moment. Surprise. I hope he listens. Uh, I doubt it. I doubt <laughs> it very seriously. But yeah, that was my first moment. I was like, wow. 
I could be well-meaning and nice and still bother people to the point that they want to punch me in the face. That is a lesson to learn. That's so, one hell of a lesson. Learned it very early. How early? How early on in life was this? I believe we were still on Fort Meade. So Ugh. that was, yeah, yeah that wasn't even like, <laughs> I want to say like, I, I was third third grade at the most mm. for that situation mm-hmm. so i was just like oh what about you you have earliest trauma i mean 1000 percent um so 210 percent okay so <laughs> for example um in honor of this kid is right now um buzz buzz i ah! 17 years ago i remember being at laurel that no faith baptist christian mm-hmm. school um shout out to faith people shout out to faith people and um there's this kid his name is alex i forgot his last name he shook a very small sapling um and that shaking released a horde horde a horde of cicadas that all flew in my direction and that was the moment that i said to myself (laughs) self in 17 years, when these MFers, because I didn't cuss back then. I yeah. Like, I didn't want to go to hell. Um, <laughs> you know, you're like, sign me up for hell. <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> I hope we're rooming together. I hope we are too. <laughs> Dance party every night. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was like, when these MFers come back in 17 years, I'm going to be away from all trees. I'm going to be living in Manhattan wow. in a penthouse suite. Guess what, everybody? I see a tree right out the window. I'm living near trees. I am not in Manhattan. I am not in a pet house. I'm on the third floor of a house. Um, but, you know. It's a pent-ish house. It's pent-ish, you know. But I just really, I really didn't follow through with that. And there are moments where I get angry with myself. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, that's such ambition hope hope dreams will uh motivation a lust for life in your youth and now you're just taking it one day at a time taking it one step at a time i just that was like a funny you know little thing Mm -hmm. wasn't anything traumatic like yours like i've i've never had anybody almost hit me though that was definitely the first first and last yeah because i knew not to push people's buttons like when you're a kid you always have to test boundaries it's like what you do because you don't know how to be human so you're like oh how much can i get away with this person that day i learned Mm -hmm. and i've tested every adult that has had to take care of me and i've gotten a whooping from every one of them Because I was like, this is as far as I can go. Understood. I will operate within the parameters that I have discovered, and I will not have any more problems. <laughs> I would definitely tell. I was like a patience tester, a limit tester, a boundary tester. I tested all types of things. It's ironic because I don't like tests now. So uh, Yeah. It's, it's, things come full circle. Isn't that crazy? Really, though? Like, as a kid, I think I was a lot of fun. But I was a little asshole. Like, when I hear stories about myself, I was just like, I said that in public? Why didn't you push me down a flight of stairs? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, 
Jeez, not like a whooping or a smack in the face, like very mouthy. Like I like imagine my unfiltered state of mind twenty four seven as a child. So just blunt honesty. Yeah, but you're a kid. Kids don't know what is inappropriate to say things. Right. Okay. So all right, we're talking about that one time in bank camp. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll give you an example. Okay. So I'm in Red Lobster. It used to be my Baby restaurant, Beyonce. Um, <laughs> I was in Red Lobster. With I have my like my hair stuck. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not stuck anymore. I got it. <laughs> Can we cut that, please, Tomothy? Thanks. Oh wow. Okay. Well, uh, you're at Red Lobster. I was yep. at Red Lobster, and um, this is an example of how much of a little shit I was. I was at Red Lobster mm-hmm. um, with my parents. And, you know, William and Lisa, Kiki and Haha, and as usual. Um, and I'm talking. Does he know that you call him William? No. <laughs> I, I am talking. You call him William. I got that from you. Okay, because I'm good at making names. You are. You're I should good. have kids, but I don't. Okay, anyway, moving on. Um, so, we're Kiki Hying, and I'm talking, and this, this other table with another family like was just like oh my god like i love this story how old is she like she's saying complete sentences all right (laughs) what i proceeded to say thoroughly inappropriate but i whipped my maybe two feet three inch body around and was like mommy what that white boy just say Inappropriate. Funny. Fly to stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you keep skipping to fly to stairs? Because I just would have, I would have been so embarrassed. If that was my kid in a restaurant screaming, what that white boy just say? <sighs> what did he say? Everybody else in the restaurant probably wanted to know too now. All he said was like, oh my God, she's like adorable. Like I was so, I was smaller than I am now. Crazy, I know. So like, it's like... <laughs> Like, you're seeing this small human talk like a six-year-old, and they look like they're one and a half. So Aww, it's just very off-putting. So cute. <laughs> you got your way very off-putting. So he's probably like, wow, look at that little girl. Like, he was probably admiring me, right? And then I come back with some rude racial shit for no fucking reason. I think that was a very appropriate comment. For the words that you had at that age? What that white word just Yep. Seems appropriate to me. Girl, I hate that story. Bet you he'll never say it again. My parents tell that story all the time. Like, like at my graduation parties. Like, they'll repeat it at dinners. They'll just, it's a great story. It's funny. I'm just shrinking in my chair. Um, my dad regularly uh, teaches his uh, Harley Davidson uh, class mm-hmm. and uses the word ungood, which is a word that I used because I didn't know the word for bad. So I said ungood. And so many a classroom has heard that. So when I worked there and they would be like, haha, ungood. And I'm like, huh? And then when I went to deliver supplies to the class, that's when I heard the story being told in real time. And I was like, 
I won't go downstairs. How old were you when you were saying unmuted? I, I don't know, <laughs> but it's still not okay. So at least you used actual words, albeit rude. Offensive. But actual words. Yeah. I made up a word, That's and now it is a part of many people's memories <laughs> for motorcycle glass. Why would he share that with the rest of the class? Uh, he probably thought it was funny and cute, just like most parents. There's also another story about how, like, I blew out a diaper that people like to sh- And I'm like, I don't like that story. Yeah, it was all up your back. I'm a baby. I don't know how to not poop up my back. I had a lot of poop. I'm sorry. Stop telling people this. Oh, my God. Uh, so the story that I heard was that I um, potty trained myself. Because I... So back in the 90s, um, <clears throat> there were no hyperallergenic anything. So when you have a baby that's allergic to the world, you just got to make shit up. So my diapers were washcloths. <laughs> like, I saw one in my, like, childhood. Like, I saw one. I was like, what's that rag over there? And my mom was like, that, that's your old diaper. Like, it's <laughs> not a rag. It's what you had to cover. <laughs> and I was just like, What? <laughs> Well, <laughs> oh god! Yeah, so apparently I used to oh. take things off and just go to the toilet myself and like fall in, but like not care because it's better than having a washcloth <laughs> around your ass and genitals to collect things. <laughs> like it's just disgusting. So apparently I heard that my brother he would just take his diaper off and hand it to people. Be like dirty. <laughs> Didn't go to the toilet. Didn't take it off beforehand. He would go ahead and use it and be like, here, huh? Huh? And my mom would be like, I don't want... Go put it in the trash! Would you like to walk around with a dirty diaper? No. If you can take off your own diaper, you you can put it in the trash at least. At least. I'm doing half the steps for you. (laughs) You should have been more proactive and not use the diaper. Bro, I... I was just so scarred. I was like, I'm disgusted with the lack of just... Society was so behind when I was born in the 90s. You're such a do-it-yourselfer. Look at you. He said, listen, I ain't I ain't dealing with this poopy rag on my booty. <laughs> I'm going to use this toilet. That's what we're doing here? We use toilets? Okay, me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. You're such a self-starter. You should put that on your resume. I'm a self-starter. Yep. I probably treat myself. I insulting um, that was I was <laughs> delivering complex criticism at a young age you gotta get them resume <laughs> <laughs> <resonate> words yep <laughs> okay okay so this this was good shit okay some bad shit <sighs> yeah let's get into it one time in Vancouver and some really really traumatizing events that happened in your childhood that shaped the way you are as an adult today well, there's so many to choose from. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when you got to sort through, you ever have, you know, like in SpongeBob when they had like all the little SpongeBob's on his head yeah. and it was like, there's a whole file. Yeah. They don't have that problem with the trauma. They're like, oh, which one? The one from 93 um, of being born or the one from 98 when we became scared of loud noises? Which one? <laughs> so. Using your birth as a traumatic event. Is it not? <laughs> I was born on a highway, bro. Oh, 
That's traumatic. Yeah. In an ambulance. You were a ambulance. Special delivery. It's traumatic for my mom. I know that. <laughs> Having a baby with no pain medication. That's Having a baby and not knowing, too. Well, you know, she was doing grown people things, and grown things happen. Okay? That's on you, mom. Love you. Anyways. <laughs> um... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the loud noise one since that one popped up today anyway. So um, this was probably middle school time frame, and I never, as a kid, liked being yelled at anyway, Mm -hmm. which is probably one of the biggest reasons that I try to do the right thing all the time because Mm -hmm. that the look of disappointment I did not like. Mm -hmm. That was my mom's secret weapon. This Mm -hmm. is the look, and then my dad would raise his voice. He just off jump and it's probably because he's military he's used to yelling he's pretty loud himself so it's just like it doesn't register to him yeah but to my little earballs, i was like i'm in danger this is danger i don't even know what this person is saying to me anymore i am in danger so this was the first time my my brother noticed it which i guess makes it more of a traumatic ish experience for me because when you have your trauma and you can kind of keep it close to your chest and you're like, okay, I'm just going to deal with this by myself. Mm -hmm. It's different when somebody else sees your trauma happen. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think, I don't know if both of us got in trouble Mm -hmm. or something happened. Um, but my dad was upset. He yelled at us and then he left and he slammed the door and so I was like, okay, I think maybe it was because we didn't clean the kitchen or something. Yeah. And I went to put um, the pots away. And for some reason, like, I guess I was trying to hurry or I was shaky or whatever. I put the pots in, um, like, I tried to stack them and they all fell. So it was very, very loud. And I just sat there on the floor and just start crying. Mm-hmm. And I was covering my ears. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And my brother is like probably like what the oh, flip is happening like your first attack. yeah so he gave me a hug and he actually cried with me oh. on the floor and i was just like i can't it's loud i can't and he's like it's okay it's okay oh. i'll work it out and oh i'm not gonna cry anyways um that was like my first traumatic experience where somebody else witnessed it mm-hmm. and you have that moment of feeling like very vulnerable and like oh my gosh like i can't keep my shit together this is not okay mm-hmm. but then you know you spend so much time trying to learn how to self-soothe and you have somebody who actually is like, oh no, I'm going to soothe you. And it's like, oh, okay, this is not that bad. Cause mm-hmm. you know, for all I know, he could have been like, bro, what's wrong with you? It's just pots. So he handled it very well and I appreciated it. But that was the first, um, big moment where I was like, oh man, I think I have a problem. Yeah. That's sweet that he, like, consoled you there. He's, like... I wasn't he, expecting that. He's got the biggest heart ever. But, like, you went from he tried to punch me to he cried okay. at me on the floor. Because he doesn't like to be bothered. I wasn't bothering him when I was crying on the floor. He was just like, oh, that thing is sad. Let me hug it. Did, did your parents see you crying? <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was a really sweet bonding moment. Aww. <laughs> He's all choked up. Sibling <laughs> <laughs> love. Well, you know, my brother's a great guy. That's, He's single. He is a dark toned man. Sorry. <laughs> you, you gave him that? No, you said deep toned the other week. I like that descriptor. Do you want his number? 
he wouldn't do anything with it. Nope, he like, wouldn't. He would respond five years from now. Who's this? Yeah. Are you married? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, that was really sweet. Wow. So, I, too, have a bunch, like, a stockpile of trauma. Um... To think of a serious one, how serious should I get? Should I should I should I get the big event or like? I don't know. I put I put my card on the table. But you're so sweet. Yeah, it was cute because there was somebody nice there at the end. But that whole the yelling that happened beforehand that was not a good time. So I. Oh my god. Okay, we can, we can take it there. That's fine. Um, Facebook memories mm-hmm. um, is a triggering record, just <laughs> awful. I mean, it really takes you back. And I discovered a while ago that I used to put everything on Facebook when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah, we didn't have anything else to do. So, like, every time I got my phone taken away, um, every time I got in trouble, yeah, like... I was not a bad kid. Mm-hmm. I, I want to make that very clear. Like, I, as an adult now, I wish I gave my parents hell. Like, I really do wish I gave Oh, them. I kind of do it now just to get back for all those easy years. I'm just like, I was so easy for you guys. You didn't deserve that. Yeah. I should have given y'all hell. I should have been trapping. I should have been trapping out the bando. I should have been, been a drug lord, I honestly. I really should have been living... Not my best life, but a very toxic life um, when Oof. I was in my parents' household because the the ease and grace I gave them as a child, it was just unnecessary. It's, it's used up now, though. And it was it wasn't even like they were they weren't grateful for it. Like <laughs> at the end of the day, they they were not grateful for how easy of a child. Yeah, they I was. they just did great job parenting. That's what happened. They were good parents. That's what happened. My lips started quivering. I was about to say something. <laughs> Okay, anyway. Kept it inside. That's good. More grace. Control. <laughs> so, um, Facebook Memories is this wonderful, beautiful, wretched place. Um, and I'm able to see all the stuff that I posted. And one time I, I took a screenshot of a very particular post that I think um, carried on into my adulthood. Um, it was a post about... Um, a parent. Mm-hmm. I won't say which parent, mm-hmm. but um, I said, you know, I wish I was good enough for that parent mm-hmm. on on Facebook mm-hmm. for the world to see. Like it wasn't even. Did you tag him? Was the name in there? No, no. But yeah, the name that I called him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so I was like, I wish I was good enough for this particular parent, and I said that, and. Like hella people commented, and they were like, "What? You're you're awesome. What are you talking about? You're good enough." Just all the reaffirming nice shit mm-hmm. that you should be telling yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't believe it, mm. and so I took a screenshot because in my crisp age of twenty seven, I still feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I was always competing for approval, mm-hmm. and never really got it. And then approval was affection. Yeah. And the affection wasn't even that affectionate. Yeah. It was like, we, my family unit, like my nuclear family, Mm -hmm. um, 
I used to be very cuddly. Like, I used to love to touch people. I get so freaked out when people touch me. Like, don't I touch notice. Me. Yeah. I touch you sometimes. Yes. And I'm like, she doesn't like this, but yeah. I'm feeling manic. So I'm sorry. I'm going to lay on top of you. Like, hugging, telling each other we love each other. Like, that was not a thing. So whenever it occurred, something was wrong. Like, at the shoot we did with Jill in oh the winter. God. And yeah. she's like, get close to each other. It's like, like, yeah, we don't really touch each other. I don't touch her at all. <laughs> like, I don't do this. We finger gun each other and, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Um, but, yeah, the affection, that, that was just. Affection was just like, oh, good job. Mm-hmm. You could have done better, though. Mm-hmm. That was the extent of the affection from that particular parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, to this day, I mean, it is what it is. I don't really think that um, me mentioning this is going to change anything. Fair enough. <laughs> like, I, I'm pretty sure, like, that's just how... Oops, I flick some water, sorry. <laughs> how, like... They carried that from their childhood, and that's how they mm-hmm. decided to parent. Um, but I think it affected me as an adult because, like, I I don't feel like anything I ever do ever is good enough for me. No, I for yourself. For myself. Okay. I always try to find, like, I always say, oh, good job, but you could have done this. Mm-hmm. The same thing I was told when I was a kid. Mm. And so I think that <laughs> that memory really, like, triggered me because I was just like, damn, I put this on blast? Mm. Like, <laughs> that's awkward. Um, but, you know, I decided to delete it. Like, one of my my cousins, my friend, she was like, let go of that hurt, girl. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to keep seeing that every year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're right, but... I'm sending this screenshot though, so it's like you know somewhere, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's very interesting because I have that that uh, issue of letting go mm-hmm. with really like toxic shit. That's good though. So well, no, because I keep I keep the messages and I keep, um, and then it's like I revisit it. And in one sense, like, it's good because it reminds me, like, no, this person, this is how they really are. Like, this is the unfiltered version of this person. But on the other side, it's just like, I still try to make excuses. So I feel like I have to have this totem of hurt and pain so that I remember how this person is and what they did to me and what they continue to do. And I just add to that totem. That's what I'm like 16,000 feet high right now. Mm. So when I cleaned out the purple room Mm -hmm. or the purple room closet, I threw away a lot of stuff and you know honey muffin was here and I like it took me several days because I would find memories and I start crying and my whole week would be shitty after that because I'm just like bro why yeah like why do I not feel good enough for this person like why and then why do I have to do so much unlearning of what this person continuously told me the entire time I mean the unlearning is the the toughest part mm-hmm. it's, it's so much effort on your part mm-hmm. to fix somebody something somebody else broke yep that is obnoxious as hell and like my internal voice would be these people who had opinions of me that were narcissistic mm-hmm. or just flat you know flatly not true yeah. and so I'm like I have to create my own internal voice that's gonna block out these other ones mm-hmm. but 
I never had an internal voice. Like a lot of times your first internal voice is your first trusted adult or your first best friend or your first whatever, first love. Like whoever was most meaningful to you is usually the voice you hear in your head. And sometimes that meaningful person is a piece of shit. Hmm. And that doesn't, you know, that doesn't dethrone their voice in your head. You can't be like, yeah, you can't be like, oh, yeah, this person's a piece of shit. Move that out. Like, you can't. So. That's that inner critic. See? See how it comes full circle? No. Okay, so. (laughs) I'm a bad student today, but go ahead. Educate the masses. I'm a bad student. So there is um, some work, some healing work that you can do to kind of like mitigate the damages that help them happen mm-hmm. in your childhood and that's affecting you as an adult. It's called inner child work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did an inner child exercise last night. Yeah, um, we did that. <laughs> it wasn't very fun for you. No, it wasn't so fun for me. Essentially, the idea is you want to tap into like, we all react in a certain way because of, spe- of a specific event that happened mm-hmm. or even a traumatic event, like tra- trauma, doesn't have to be something like, uh, like, like somebody shooting at you or something like that. Yeah. Like, it could be anything that had a significant impact on your emotional state, your mental well-being, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, inner child work is where you kind of go back to that place you were as a child, feeling those feelings for the first time. And try to heal from that so you can respond differently as an adult. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I, I'm probably butchering the meaning. But definitely look up inner child work. It's combined with shadow work and um, like inner critic work. Um, all that stuff is all the same. Um, and you do a lot of non-dominant handwriting in some of the exercises and the meditations. And the non-dominant hand is supposed to be your you know, inner child self. Because it's juvenile. <laughs> Wait, what was the, the term that they use? Unschooled. Illiterate. <laughs> Illiterate, unschooled self. Your non-dominant hand. And you're ha- you have to talk to your illiterate, unschooled self <laughs> with your non-dominant hand and respond in your dominant hand. And so there is some imagination that needs to take place. There is some pretending. There is some like, you know, I like to do it when I'm a little schmuck. But, you know, whatever suits you. It, it it's not for everybody. It's not for me. <laughs> it's not for you. I did the exercises and I was just like, what does this do? Why because, am I doing this? I why. hate this. Why? Because the non-dominant hearing. It was silly, stupid, crazy. Um, what did I say? <laughs> Icky. It's ugly, slow, and inefficient. Would not recommend zero out of ten. I... So freaking slow. <laughs> this shit sucks honestly stressful, stressful. <laughs> i hated it so much okay, i said uh this feels uncomfortable and then i wrote grr uh then very awk very silly very childish this is anti-fun with an arrow pro not fun that is what i wrote i'm glad it wasn't just me Not. But it comes full circle. So when we responded to that, what did you say? As your adult in your dominant handwriting. I really don't get what this is, what this does, but I'm doing it. Made me think about ambidextrous people. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, that's good. I mean, ambidextrous people, they probably would not struggle as much. <laughs> nope. But are they, are, like, are those people real? Do I think so. SpongeBob's ambidextrous. SpongeBob is also a sponge. Yep. SpongeBob is also a cartoon. Okay. <laughs> These are facts. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> like, do, do ambidextrous people exist in real life? If you're ambidextrous, let us know you exist. Please, because I'm curious. I... I'm technically ambidextrous. What? What does technically mean? Can you write with both hands? Um. No, but I write with my left, but my right's my power hand. So, like, I shoot basketball. Bah! So, this is how you punch. Oh, you shoot basketball. Here. Punch. <laughs> Pimp hand strong on my right hand. I'm like, okay. So, you exist. All right, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, writing in both hands, like, fluently. Like, not fluently, but, like, prettily. Prettily? Sexily? Sexily? Yeah. If you sexily write with both hands, please let us know. Let us know. We'd like to see it. Yes. Actually, send us a video. Sexily write with both hands. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. Okay, so for me, when I responded to the anti-fun, pro-not-fun comment in my dominant hand, Mm -hmm. I said this was super dumb. Uh, Non-dominant handwriting is painful because I am powerless to my mistakes. I don't have the patience to say all I want to say. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah. That's not what I said. That That is kind of like the, the crux of the exercise. I understand why there was laughter after I read what I wrote. <laughs> no, I mean, but you're telling your true feelings and that's fine. But then like the worksheet definitely says, um, like, why were you so critical of the exercise, right? Do you remember that part? Um, yeah, I think I got that. Hold on. Hold on. Let me. You guys hear that paper rack? That's me, my notes. Um, I said maybe a feeling of frustration because I can't be better than my current capabilities, even mm. though it's not aesthetic. Mm. That's some deep shit right here. Oh, so I did good. You did good. Yeah. <laughs> and so I. That was good. That was really good. Oh, yay. No, I mean, I. It, that's the inner critic in yourself. Like, why are you critiquing this so harshly when it's just like handwriting yeah. and not important? Yeah, like, and that's what the worksheet literally said. Like, why are you so uncomfortable right now? How about you unpack that? Mm-hmm. I think the point of the exercise is you have to unpack a lot of your feelings. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, if you're not in that state of mind, them, them feelings are going to be packed. I feel like my inner child has been through enough, so I don't want her to have to come back out and figure shit out. I'm like, sit, sit in your happy corner, sis. Is she happy? I think so. Um, I don't know. She's not being traumatized anymore, and that sounds like a happy time to me. Well, yeah, because you're an adult. And yeah. That was your point. Like, you grew up, and you're not powerless like a child. Mm-hmm. You're not powerless. So, I, like, I don't want to bring out my powerlessness again. Mm-hmm. She's, she's okay. She's safe in her wherever my memories. Okay. She cannot be hurt. But is she hurting? I don't know. I don't ask that bitch questions. She stay in her tower. She mind her business on my mind. You know what I'm saying? Like she's in her tower and I'm like the dragon. Oh, okay. I'm like, she's up there. I don't know what she's she doing. Yeah. Yeah. She an ogre at night. <laughs> but she's up there in her tower doing her thing thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm the dragon. That's like, 
nobody here is good enough to, to fuck with homegirls. So you have to get burnt to get the fuck up out of here, bro. I mean, that's good that you have that protection. Some people, they just up in the tower and the lava backsplashes up in their eyeballs. <laughs> just like... Oh no! Lava backsplash. Like I was just getting hit by this lava. I wish there was a dragon to catch the pain. Uh, dragon out here. I dragon have, on a prowl. I have no dragon. I don't. I have. I'm just exposed in my own little hood. Okay. So our inner children are in different places. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and it's because a lot of the shit that's happened to me, I've suppressed and like. I haven't taken the time to unpack it because mm-hmm. it makes me uncomfortable. Like, my 12-step meetings make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I know, like, I would probably very much benefit if I started going back to those. Um, especially now, mm-hmm. with this other problem that I got with this second person mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. having to take inventory of your feelings and get to the root of why you feel that way it's not always fun. Yeah. And it's like, I wouldn't have to do that if it wasn't for these other people. So fuck them. So I just stay in this angry place, my little void, and like, I remain hurt. Mm-hmm. That's my inner child. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it makes sense why the exercise is probably been more helpful for you than it has for me. Yeah. So that's good. And we're going to... Post? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you um, are interested in inner child worksheets, handouts, pamphlets. Or you want to try to do the things that we did, yeah. you know, we will, what are we going to do? In the description. Post a link to the drive, the Google Drive. Drop the drive. Okay. Right thing. Yeah, we're going to drop the link. Are we dropping it? Drop you don't want to drop it? universal for in the description below. We're going to drop it in the description below. Swipe <laughs> up. Swipe up and you'll get. Listen, if you want it, just tell us. Because we, we, we might forget. You know, we, we got. Justin, we got that. What? Hannah Montana? We got that. Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. All right, speaking of Hannah Montana. <laughs> I'm so interested to see where this goes. Oh, I didn't have no segue. I forgot what I was talking about today. So speaking of forgetting things, let's talk about what Montgomery County almost forgot about. So I was in... (laughs) I was in my phone looking at things and I'd seen this... Do you need a minute? You okay? No, fine. You good? Remember, I didn't pick a current event. Oh. I'm gonna go on the shade room real quick. Go ahead. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, so I saw this article um, in Montgomery County, the state county. No, yeah, something like that. They were thinking about expanding the Beltway, and what was interesting is that there is an African American gravesite there, and um, this was uh, there was a community there post Emancipation Proclamation, 19th century ish, uh, that you know, went there after the slaves got freed and, um, they actually had like a little town hall and all these other kind of things there. Most of those buildings are gone, but because African-Americans were not allowed to be buried in white cemeteries, um, there, you know, are graves, uh, there and they're not big markers. Of course, they're not like anything flashy or anything. And I believe it's actually on a private lot. It's on private property. So if you're like, Oh, that sounds interesting. I want to go visit that. I don't know that you can, or if you want to, you have to talk to the people who own that plot of land. But, um, 
the um, folks who own that plot of land and are trying to protect that cemetery, they actually got the cemetery registered on the National Trust for Historic Preservation. And I think there's only like 11 sites Mm -hmm. there on that, which will try to keep the construction folks away from trying to put a beltway expansion through there. Mm -hmm. Um, As for now, the construction people have left it alone. They're working on some other projects um, down I-395 and some bridges. But, you know, when, when people want their land in this country, they be taking land. So, yeah, it's crazy. Who would do that? Um, so I just thought that was really, really interesting because I watch a lot of ghost shit and um, disturbing people's graves is always a really, really bad idea. And especially for, you know, African-Americans, it's just like, ooh. do you remember when Mr. Bitzer was used to make jokes that our school was on a Native American burial ground? Mm-hmm. Highly offensive, but I think he was dead ass serious. It's the school is definitely on an old tobacco plantation. Really? That's why the grass wouldn't grow. Tobacco destroys the. Mm-hmm. You're learning new things every day. I like local history. Okay. And that's probably because I watch all that ghost stuff because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on with, you know, what you're dabbling into when you go into a certain place. You don't know what's happened there. There could have been like, you know, genocide that happened there. There could have been, you know, even just a lot of magnetic whatever force in the planet that causes shit to be weird. Like you just don't know. Yeah. So I've not looked up anything for my house. I don't think I'm going to, cause I don't want to know stuff. <laughs> stuff start popping off. I'm a look, but for, for, look. yeah, <laughs> for right now we, we good on this. I don't need to know nothing else that was happening here, but yeah, I hope that for, um, that plot and it's about 80 to hundred bodies there. So it's not, you know, a huge, um, cemetery, but it's significant amount of bodies that would need to be moved mm-hmm. and graves that would be, in my opinion, desecrated yeah. for an expansion of a highway. So uh, there was also, um, I think, it, was I in Chicago or St. Louis? I forgot where I was. I just flown in, in and it was the last shuttle. It was a very late flight. And the shuttle driver was like, hey, can I take you... Um, the, and this was terrifying because I was the only person on this bus. Yeah. But he's like, hey, can I take you the, the back way, the scenic route? And I was like, um, okay. And what he did is he took me to this route and he was like, over there is an African-American cemetery. Hmm. And, you know, he was telling me all the history about it. And again, how the local um, county was trying to encroach on it and trying to move all these bodies. And they've already started moving some of them. And I was just like, wow. And he was like, yeah. So, you know, if you feel any way, like, you know, please feel free to write um, our government and tell them, like, you know, this shit not cool. Mm -hmm. So if anybody is here local, because I I like for local people to fight for their stuff when outsiders get involved, sometimes it gets really weird. But um, yeah, keep this in mind, especially, you know, Juneteenth is coming up. So mm-hmm. let's keep our our black spaces that we had to create because there was no space for us. Let's kind of keep those intact. Yeah, We're not, you know, I don't think we're asking for a lot there, but that's my two cents, my 10 cents and Equality two piece, too much. two piece with a, with a biscuit, two piece with biscuit, honey butter biscuit, and a diet Coke. Nah, sweet tea. Half a half. <laughs> half a half. <laughs> okay, well, I didn't do any research for today, but something that came across my um, 
my path in life. Mm-hmm. Um, did you hear about the residential schools in Canada? No. So, North America's history with indigenous folk. Atrocious. It is dark, dingy, and gross. Yeah. But, like, as an adult, seeing how much watering down they did when they taught us about what happened in school, mm-hmm. it's disgusting. Um, so, essentially, there were these, they're called residential schools. Mm-hmm. There's a particular one in Canada that's under the spotlight right now because they found 215 remains of indigenous children at this school. So, essentially, the schools were... Um, how, how can I put this? They were schools to, um, re... Oh, I get you. Because they did that here in America with the Native Americans. It's like, we're going to try to remove you from your culture. Remove you from your culture. Like, take you from your home, put you in this boarding school, and teach you Queen's English. And you can't speak your English. You can't have your own religious beliefs. You Mm -hmm. can't have your culture. And that... My friends is fucked up. Mm-hmm. And so they just recently found these remains of all these kids at the school. And I just saw an article um, on Al Jazeera. Uh, the Pope uh, is not going to apologize because it was a Catholic school in Canada. Yeah. So the Pope is just like. Ugh. I'm surprised because the Pope's been. Yeah, he's been pretty. I mean, again, I just saw his article and yeah, he says Pope Francis expresses pain after the remains of 215 indigenous students found, but does not offer an apology long sought by residential school survivors. Um, and there are people that I've come across in like group chats where their parents were survivors. I actually have like a couple native friends. Um, and That's crazy. They These schools were all over. Like it, it's not exclusive to Canada. Yeah, there were a lot of them here. Yeah. And you can, you know, you can Google and find pictures of Native, Native Americans or they've forced them to cut their hair and styled them into basically, you know, little colonial white boys yeah, and yeah. really just like, okay, you're getting in trouble for speaking your native tongue. You... You sparked a moment. Sorry, keep going. Spark, no. Yeah. Get your spark while it's it's hot. So that that brings me to this attack on critical race theory mm-hmm. that is happening across the nation where it's like school districts are banning public schools, whether it's like um, like lower school or college, they're banning the teaching that essentially Britain was a colonizing Mm -hmm. company. Like, you know, like, they are trying to say we shouldn't make kids feel guilty about their heritage when they had nothing to do with that. But it's just like, you want to bypass slavery? Like, you don't want to talk about Trail of Tears? Like, you don't want to talk about any of this shit anymore? And so in Oklahoma, they actually passed a law banning it. It's happening right now. There is an attack on critical race theory right now. And it's happening to my friend in New Jersey. Shout out to Gabby. Love you. Um, hey, Gab. She is part of student um, student association, student board association, something like that. And um, their bylaws got changed because they had a critical race. Theory. They wanted all the groups to have some type of diversity event mm-hmm. or to learn about inclusion or something like that. The, the bar is very, very low to mm-hmm. meet the standard. She was like, all the organizations were already meeting the standard. But um, I think it was the president of the school or whoever was in charge of that 
um, they told them they couldn't have that in their bylaws. So it's not a requirement anymore for these orgs to do this type of stuff. And she was just like, bro, I don't understand what's happening. And it's like Breitbart, Breitbart has picked this up, the right-wing conservative Nazis, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck they are now. Um, they wrote an article about it and how it was unfair to white students teaching like American history this way. And I'm just like teaching them how it is. Like, like American <laughs> history is not white history. That that reminds me of when people started pulling these classic books off the shelf, like yeah. Tom Huck and mm-hmm. oh yeah, no, not Tom Huck, Huckleberry Finn uh, and Tom Sawyer, Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn, I believe. And the, the K, the K, no, it was a couple books. Oh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Mockingbird. Yeah. Yeah, because they were and just it's like, like, this is making people uncomfortable. That's the point. That's the point of the book. It should make you feel uncomfortable. Like, learning itself is not comfortable. How, who, who's ever been comfortable in a learning experience? Not I. There there was a whole thing at Howard where they're, I don't know if they got bullied into not doing it, but they're thinking about removing the classics department because, you know, all those philosophers were, like, pro-slavery. Mm-hmm. Like, I get the other side, but at the same time, like, it all needs to be talked about. I think it all does need to be talked if, about. Even if you minimize, like, say, you know, these classic authors are 100% of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be zero. Yeah. It just maybe needs to be 25%. Yeah. And let's talk about some African-American authors. Let's talk about some Native authors. Let's talk about LGBTQ authors. Yeah. Let's talk about Asian and Hispanic. Yeah. Like, this is, quote unquote, a melting pot country. It's more like a tall salad, but like it's supposed to be a melting pot. We're all supposed to jive and have a good time or whatever. It's supposed to be a pot of gumbo. We got shrimp. We got chicken. We got a little andouille sausage. We have like, yeah, we got some vegetables. We got some rice. We got all that. <laughs> Maybe some crab legs. Anyway, it's supposed to be a mix yeah. of all these cultures. Yeah. And it's a mix of all these cultures learning one thing. And it doesn't need to be one thing. That doesn't mean that, oh, we stopped learning about quote-unquote white history and now we're only learning about black history. No, we can learn about them all. I'm just ready for the um, class class action lawsuit against McGraw-Hill because they are the... They've been fucking up history books for a very long time. They are the top, like, publication for history books. Mm -hmm. Like, all of our books at ACS was Mm McGraw-Hill. And the shit that they just and skated by like it's so frustrating learning historical facts when you're in your late 20s yep because you weren't taught that in school Mm -hmm. and it's just like you are further validating me saying school is a scam yeah because i'm learning more not being in school and i think i distinctly remember it was circulating on facebook and it was um McCall, McGraw, McGill, Hill, whatever. It was them, them peoples. But it was a Canadian textbook, mm-hmm. apparently, where it said that the African-Americans moved to America oh, to, yeah, they, to the, get better, better life. Yeah, they and moved to America. They moved. They moved. They moved to America. They just got in their boats, and it was like, let's go over there. Let's go to North America. I was like, what? <laughs> no. No, ain't nobody did that but the colonizers. The only time we got black history was February, the shortest month in the year. Yeah. Which, you know. Honestly, black history should just be June now. It should be June. Yeah. It would would clash with with Pride, but Pride is also, like, Pride 
started because of yeah, but yeah. So Pl- just, Pride is Black History. Yeah, like, <laughs> like can we just teach all history? I just want can we teach all relevant history? All his history truthfully. Yes. Like, don't don't scoot and skate. Like, give it to me raw. You don't. You really don't like them scoot skates, do you? Scoot skate. This is a bad time in your. <laughs> so upset that was a traumatizing moment when i opened that box and got a sweet skate i was like i sent y'all like wish lists i circled things in Modell. they said mm, what is it no no what is this trash <laughs> scoot skate got it i wanted a very particular skateboard. and i was just i never got it anyway yeah so thank you for sparking that oh that was great that was a good little nugget so yeah y'all watch out in your school little districts and counties and stuff be on the lookout for weird stuff like that especially if you got kids Mm -hmm. um but if you don't have kids and you have time you know do some do some looking and some thinking and some writing bro i used to love encyclopedias and just learning shit on my i was a little nerd but wow i would only do that if i didn't have nothing else to do but that's cool. Oh, <laughs> well, anyway, guys, <laughs> this got a little racy towards the end, but you know, you just sit tight because next week is our Juneteenth slash anniversary episode. So we're going to be very, very happy to be celebrating a year of podcasting with you beautiful galaxies. And of course, you know, we have we have a topic already set up, so we're going to bring that heat for you next week. Yeah, I looked at it. Me me and the sound engineer, we look. It's going to be heat. It's going to be hot. I believe. I believe in you. But um, remember that remember that life is uh bitch that doesn't right back that won't tell you their age and you have to guess <laughs> are we okay no. are we ready? i'm sorry i was just drawing from experience um just kidding life is a bitch that has their windows down and their cicadas outside and they're driving in the car and you're wondering why the windows are down because the cicada can fly into the car and they don't care about your safety. Life is a bitch that sometimes likes to traumatize children, but you have to rise above it and tell that child that they're doing a great job and that they're safe. Beautiful. Life's a bitch that falls asleep during a movie. Life is a bitch that falls asleep during a movie. That you paid for. That you bought. Man, y'all lucky we don't name names. (laughs) This is a shady ass episode. We'd be talking shots. (laughs) Okay, well, um, remember, guys, be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. And continue to be that beautiful little galaxy that you are. Beautiful little galaxy that you are. You guys have a great, great time with this episode. Love you, bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, that escalated quickly. You chose violence. I did. <laughs> <laughs>